there's a common pull that I believe is in our culture, and it's a common pull that is a struggle, if you will, a struggle that I believe every one of us share as human beings. It's a struggle that not just those of us who are Christians share, but those of us who are outside of the faith, it's a struggle we share with them. I believe everyone, everyone is looking for freedom from something. And I believe everyone is searching for fulfillment in someone or in some pursuit. Let me just explain this this way. See, I believe people are looking for freedom. I believe maybe you're here today or you're watching online looking for freedom. You're looking for freedom to be who you feel you really are. Maybe you're looking for freedom from a toxic relationship that you know is destroying you. Maybe you're looking for freedom... Um, from a habit or you're working looking for freedom maybe from debt see we all are looking for for freedom and i think the reason we're looking for freedom is because we're in search of fulfillment we want to be fulfilled we want to be completely satisfied in life see fulfillment that's why we search for a relationship we search for fulfillment in a relationship if i can just be with him or her then i know i'll be fulfilled Maybe we look for fulfillment and success. If I can just achieve this or if I can just reach this position or if we can just become this much of a company over this millions of dollars, then we'll be fulfilled. Maybe that fulfillment comes in just owning possessions or having things that if I can just buy this, if I can just acquire that, then I can become fulfilled. In our pursuits of freedom, And in our pursuits of fulfillment, I believe there's a sometimes subtle and other times overt desire for something that is truly greater, that all of us share in common. See, I believe people are hungry to know who God is and what God is like. I believe this is the reason we all are in search for freedom. I believe this is the reason every one of us are pursuing things that are trying, that we're trying to fulfill. Fill our lives in all of these pursuits because every one of us were created to know who God is and be in a relationship with him. And we are all searching to know who he is, know who this God is, and to know God what he is like because the promise that God can grant freedom and the hope that God can bring fulfillment is what stirs that hunger in every one of us. So people search. We search. And our friends and our family search for God. And they, as, and we as, as a humanity, have been searching for God since humanity has been broken in our relationship with God. See, this search has left many people, in my opinion, still searching for freedom and still searching for fulfillment. Because without a clear picture, without a clear picture of God, people are hopeless and confused. Without a clear picture of God, people are left hopeless because everything that they hope to find the answer for the bring clarity in life, they're, they're left unanswered. And everything they search for in fulfillment, just they end up leaving more empty than they entered that pursuit. Because without a clear picture of who God is, we are still confused. And without a clear picture of who God is or what God is like or what is even behind the creation of all that which sets our purpose into motion, we are left without hope, without a clear picture of who God is or maybe for some that there isn't even a God. We are all hopeless 
confused and unfulfilled as we search for freedom and this fulfillment in life. So there is a first century author, a first century author who knew this and wanted to help those like us find freedom and find fulfillment. That, that those of us that were hopeless and those of us who were confused, this author wrote for this purpose to bring clarity and to bring hope and lead to freedom and fulfillment. He wrote about a man named Jesus. Jesus, to him, was no ordinary man. He was more than just a man. This man was the answer, not an answer among many. He was the answer to the hopeless and confused world. While many people would present an answer, John would step up and he would be a voice saying, Jesus is the answer to all who are hopeless, all who are confused, all needing freedom and looking to find fulfillment. And he would begin his story of Jesus, not just a fictional story or fairy tale, one that was true, one that he saw and he experienced, one that he knew that he had to tell so he can invite you and I into something beautiful. He would say, in the beginning was the word. And when he would use this word in John chapter 1, verse 1, he would use this word that we translate as literally word. In the Greek, it's logos, which is a foundational word. It's really the reason. It's the wisdom. It's almost like he was saying, Jesus is the reason for everything. And in the beginning was Jesus. But he uses this word, the word, to describe Jesus. In the beginning was the reason for everything. And the word, this wisdom, this foundation that everything kind of is built on was with God. But he wanted you to know something more important. This word was God. The reason for everything is Jesus. And you and I needed to understand something. Jesus is God. See, John is setting us up as readers, and he's setting up his listeners, inviting you into a story that will give you insight into something amazing, that Jesus is God with skin on. That's who God is, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus is God with skin on, the clearest picture that you and I will ever have of who God is. So to all who are confused, maybe you're watching, maybe you're here listening and you're confused about who God is. John is telling you something, look to Jesus. John is inviting you to look to Jesus to find clarity in your life because Jesus is the clearest picture that we'll, we will ever have of who God is and what God is like this side of eternity. He goes on to write in verse two, Jesus, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, look at this, has not, it still to this day, has not overcome it. For those of you and for those of our, in our family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, classmates, teammates who are looking for freedom, John would invite you to look to Jesus. He would say, I know those of you who, who you need to find, those of you who are confused, you need to find Jesus. 
Because Jesus is life. Those of you looking for freedom, you need to find Jesus because freedom is life. Isn't that what freedom is to us? I mean, when we are looking for freedom, we're looking to fully be alive. We're looking for life in this world because that's what freedom is to us. It's life. Life is a freedom. And the life Jesus brings is the freedom. See, John would say no, bond, no bondage. No, light, darkness can't overcome it. See, no bondage can overcome the freedom that Jesus came to bring. John knew this because Jesus claimed to be God. John believed this because Jesus proved that claim to be true. John would see Jesus do miracles to prove that he had the authority to bring freedom to sickness, therefore had the authority over sin. John saw Jesus then do the ultimate thing. Jesus would prophesy. He would tell the disciples, I will die. At the hands of the Pharisees, under the punishment of the Roman authorities, I will die. And three days later, I will be raised back to life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, who claimed, made the claim to be resurrection and life, came back to life to prove he is God, the giver of life. The source of freedom. The source of of fulfillment. See, Jesus is the source of life because life is in God. He is the source of all freedom. He's the source of all fulfillment. See, only God has the power to create life. Only God has the power to grant life. Only God has the power to give you true freedom. And only God has the power to grant fulfillment. And John tells us that this Jesus, who was the word among us, who was God with us, the word did something amazing. In verse 14, John would say, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. God put skin on to get into the game for you and I. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, God was not just content to leave us hopeless and confused. This God, the word, the reason for everything, it puts skin on. And through the Son of God, places himself among us. And John would say, we have seen this. And it's not just me. We've seen this. You can talk to so many people. We saw the glory, uh, the glory of the one who came from the Father. Look at this, full of grace. And full of truth. John is letting his readers know this is not just some fairy tale. We saw him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. We watched him do the unbelievable. We saw compassion and grace. And we saw truth and justice at its full measure in Jesus. We laid our eyes on God himself. See, Jesus became like us and came to live with us. To show us who God is and what God is like. So you want to know? You want to know who God is and what God is like? I, John would say, I invite you. I invite you to look to Jesus. In fact, the reason he's writing this, he would tell at the end of his book, is I'm inviting you to put your faith, to put your trust in who Jesus is so that you too may believe and you too may discover the life that he received. 
He's inviting you to discover what he discovered. John is inviting you to discover what his friends discovered. In verse 35, John would go on to tell us what his friends would discover about Jesus. In John 1 verse 35, the next day we read John. This is not John the writer, the apostle. This is now John the Baptist. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, John the Baptist declared, Look, the Lamb of God. It was a declaration that brought clarity to who God, who Jesus was. Look, this one, this one here is the one who was prophesied who will bring freedom from sin. The Lamb of God. Another gospel would say who takes away the sin of the world. When the two disciples, of, these were two disciples of John, heard him saying this, they leave John and they begin following Jesus. And then turning around, Jesus sees them following. And here's an awkward moment in scripture that kind of tickles me. What do you want? Jesus asks. <laughs> I mean, talk about an awkward moment. You know, your answer better is going to make or break. And, and this, is, this is what they say. Teacher or rabbi is what they word, is that word there. And they where are you staying? <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know if they said this because they didn't know what to say. <laughs> Or if this was a way that they were saying, hey, we want, to, we want to join you. We want to be with you. It could have been a way that they were asking permission to be Jesus' disciple. It could have been a way to say, hey, Jesus, you know what? We're going to leave John's team, and we, he's given us permission. We want to sign up for your team. And Jesus was about ready to post the roster of who's going to be on his team. And Jesus looks to them, and he replies to them, come. Come. And you will see. Come. Probably the most powerful words that we know one of these men is named Andrew. We're going to find out here in a second. We, some of the two most powerful words that Andrew and his colleague probably ever heard. Come. Come and you will see. Do you know what th those words are? You know what come is? Come is just as much an invitation as it is a command. It's just enough, much an invitation that Jesus would extend to Andrew as much as it was a command. Come and you will see. Come and see is Jesus' invitation for you and I, just like it was for Andrew and his colleague. It was come and see was an invitation to be with me. Come and experience what I found for you. Jesus was wanting them to know what Jesus had for them. Discover what true life looks like as you put your eyes and you follow the author of life. Jesus gave his colleague, G Jesus gave Andrew and his colleague an invitation that would change their lives. That changed life would begin with this invitation. See, much of our lives, much of your life, and much of your life change that you've experienced likely began with an invitation that somebody gave you. Think about the major changes that you've had in life. You, you were the recipient maybe of an invitation. And this could be for the good and this could have been for the bad. Hey, will you go out with me? Let's go grab coffee. Call me. Text me. Now that could go bad or it could go well for you depending on the circumstances. See, it begins with an invitation. Try this. Would you come be a part of our team? 
You know, would you partner with me in this financial adventure? It's an invitation that could change your life for the good or the bad. Come hang out with us. A bunch of us are getting together at our place, and, and we're coming over. Why don't you come? See, much of the change in your life, many of the changes in your life came really at the invitation of somebody else. See, when we understand that invitations are powerful, we see invitations in a new way, and we extend invitations in a new way. Invitations are powerful. Accepting an invitation can be the best thing. And kids and students, listen to me. Accepting an invitation can also be the worst thing that you can respond to. We've all seen those stories as well. For Andrew, this was the best thing. Andrew would accept Jesus' invitation and he would go and see. He would go be with Jesus. And then Andrew... After he would go and see, Andrew did something. He would go and invite. So come and see turned into go and invite. And he would invite his brother Simon. Now Andrew didn't understand it. He didn't know that his invitation to Simon would be such a remarkable invitation for Simon. This would be a life-changing moment in his brother Simon's life. His invitation to Simon would be the catalyst to Simon becoming one of the three closest of Jesus' disciples. And Andrew's invitation to Simon would be a catalyst for his brother Simon becoming the leader of the first century church. So Andrew not just comes and sees, he goes and invites his brother Simon. And the first thing we read that John tells us that Andrew did is Andrew did was he found his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. He's the deliverer. We found the deliverer. We found the one who can change all things. We found the one who will bring freedom from sin and who is the Lord and the King of all. And he brought him, he, Andrew brings Simon to Jesus. And Jesus looked at Simon and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated as Peter. See, Jesus immediately changes Simon's name to Peter. See, invitations are powerful. And here's a teaching big idea that I want you to leave with today. See, invitations lead to life change. That's the power of an invitation because an invitation leads to life change. And when you and I respond to an invitation that God gives us, maybe through somebody else, we change. Just like when Peter or Simon responded to this invitation, Jesus changed his life, not just his name, but it would change his life because that's the power of an invitation. This is what Jesus brings. Jesus invites you and I into life change and we get to participate with him. We get to join him and we get to invite others to come and see. Follow me. See, Jesus extends an invitation that leads to life change. And that's what Jesus did. The next day, we read here in verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. He went in search of Philip. See, Jesus would pursue Philip. Jesus would find him and then invite him, follow me. Follow me. An invitation just as much as it is a command. And I want you to know, whether 
You've been following Jesus for years or you've never considered following Jesus. I want you to know Jesus is pursuing you just as Jesus pursued Philip. See, Jesus is in pursuit of all people to invite all people to follow him. Jesus came to do this. This is what he did. He, Jesus came to invite us to follow him, receive his life, and become children of God. Jesus came to us, and the per- reason he came to us was to invite us to follow him. It was an invitation he wanted to give the whole world to receive his life and become children of God. And Jesus' invitation is a life-changing invitation. And John knew this. John knew this because he watched Jesus. John knew this because he heard the teachings of Jesus and he saw something remarkable. He saw Jesus come back to life. That's why John would write about why Jesus would enter our human life and enter your story. In verse 11, John would say this, He came, Jesus came to that which was his own But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. See, Jesus came to show you and I that you are not a mistake. That you were created to be part of his family. See, and Jesus extends to you an invitation to find freedom. He extends to you an invitation to find fulfillment. He extends to you an invitation that if you follow him, if you listen to his come and see, and you respond to his follow me, you're gonna find clarity, you're gonna find hope, And you're going to see who God is and what God is like. See, this is an invitation to receive the life that Jesus freely gives to be free, to experience freedom. And it's an invitation to belong. It's an invitation to belong, to to find the most fulfilling thing. It's to know that you belong. And it's not that you belong in relationship with any human relationship. See, your belonging, your satisfaction, your, your significance in life is knowing that you're a part of something that God created you for to be a part of his family. This is the most deep, fulfilling, satisfying thing that we can know. See, it's an invitation to, believe, to belong to God's family and know we belong. See, that's fulfillment. Jesus' invitation to follow him is for all. But his new and everlasting life is only for those who receive him and believe in him as Savior and Lord. A powerful, life-changing invitation, but only, only for those who hear the invitation, respond to his invitation to come and see and follow me. I know why Andrew invited Simon. I know why Jesus would invite Philip and pursue Philip. And I know why John is writing this because it's an invitation to you and I. It's an invitation to discover freedom and fulfillment by receiving Jesus who is life. It's an invitation to come and see and it's an invitation to follow him. And I want to ask you something today. Who is going to be the one to voice the invitation to those in your family 
those at school, to those in your, on, your, on your kids' teams, to those that are in your classes, to those that are a part of your, your, your workplace, to your neighbors. Who's going to be the voice to give them an invitation to find hope? Who's going to be the voice to the confused? Who's going to be the voice to those searching for freedom amongst all these things and they're finding it leads nowhere? Who's, looking, who's going to be the voice to those looking for fulfillment? And we know the answer. Who's going to be the voice? Like one of my friends was a voice. We had a mutual friend that her name was Danny. And we had this one friend who was very persistent. This one friend of ours would invite Danny to be a part of our group that we would have at our home. Constantly invite Danny. See, Danny was an atheist. Danny, she was confused and she was looking and the only answer she must say, there was no God. And she lived life without hope. And she was unfulfilled in life. And she did not experience the freedom. She felt bound. And we knew this. And this, my, our friend would constantly invite her to be a part of this group around us. This group that would meet together so we could follow Jesus together. And time after time she would come. Time after time she would be accepted. Time after time she would be challenged. Time after time she'd be encouraged to follow Jesus. And we'd invite her again. We'd invite her again. We'd invite her again. And one day, years passed. She puts her trust in Jesus. Not just as a savior to believe in, but as a king and a lord to follow and declared that to all of us by being baptized in water. It all began. Come and see. An invitation. See, life change can begin with an invitation. And I want you to know something today. You can bring hope by extending an invitation. You can bring hope to somebody's life by giving an invitation, an invitation that they can come and they can belong. They can belong before they ever believe. That there's a place where they can be accepted. They can, the invitations give people, that, give people hope. And you can be a voice of an invitation to invite someone to be with you. You can give someone hope that someone cares for them. See, invitations give hope. Hope. This is what the people next door to you need. This is what your friends need. This is what those who are searching for freedom and fulfillment need. Hope. This is what Philip knew his friend needed. In John's story, Philip, who was invited by Jesus, Jesus saw Philip, and Philip knew he could only do something. He had to go tell his friend who needed hope. And his friend's name was Nathaniel. Philip comes to Nathaniel and says, Hey, we found the Messiah, this man, Jesus from Nazareth. And listen to how Nathaniel replies Nazareth? He exclaimed, can anything good come from Nazareth? In other words, that's hopeless. And what does Philip reply? Come and see for yourself. Come. An invitation. And as they approach Jesus, now Jesus replies, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. See, I saw you. See, we can give an invitation that gives hope that people are seen because when you invite somebody, you let them know they are known. 
I see you. And Philip's invitation to Nathaniel gave Nathaniel the opportunity to discover that Jesus saw Nathaniel. And then Nathaniel exclaims, Rabbi, this, you are the Son of God. You are not just the, the, the Savior. You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I'd seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven and open, heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus would give Nathaniel and all of those disciples, and because of John's writing and the Holy Spirit's inspiring John to write this, would give you and I a clear picture of who Jesus is. See, Jesus is the hope from heaven here on earth to make a way to forever be with God, the giver of life. Philip's invitation was an invitation to find Jesus, the hope from heaven. Jesus is the hope and the way of life. Not a way, he is the way to life. A life that is freeing, a life that is freedom, a life that is fulfilling. And Jesus wants to give this life to all. Jesus wants this invitation to be given to all. So Jesus, what does he do? He begins what we now know as the church. He would start with these 12 ordinary disciples. He would collect them, tell them to gather together, and he would put them with a, about a, a hundred and, and eight other people in a room and say, wait, because I'm going away because the promised Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be changed. And I'm inviting you into something, a bigger story. And now you're going to have the power that the Holy Spirit's going to give you to be a witness. The Holy Spirit is going to now be God with you because I promise you I'd never leave you nor forsake you. And now I'm going to dwell with you. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and you're now going to have the power to be a witness of who I am and what I am like. That when they see you, they get a picture of me. And he places his Holy Spirit inside of them, giving the power to be a witness to who he is, life. And Jesus then would send the church into the world with a purpose, just like Jesus came into this world with a purpose. See, the church, you and I, the people, the gathering of people on Jesus' mission, the church is Christ's body incarnate in this world to invite people to follow Jesus and find life. In him. Jesus left this world so we can be empowered to be his presence in this world. He commands us to do this by going and make disciples. And making disciples begins with an invitation. Come. Come and see. Follow. Follow Jesus with me. Come join me. Let's get coffee together. Why don't you come over to our house for dinner? Why don't you bring your whole family over? Why don't you come join our group together? Sit with me at lunch. 
I see you all and why don't you come over to be with me? An invitation. See, Jesus wants you and I, the church, to be the presence of God with skin on because that's what we are. We are the body of Christ in a world that needs Jesus. And we get to invite people to be with us. We get to invite people and to, to be with us. I love what Hugh Halter would write in his book, Flesh. He would indicate that the church really is God's presence with skin on. And this is how he would write it. People are not looking for doctrine. They're looking for a God with skin on, a God they can know, speak with, learn from, struggle with, be honest with, get straight answers from, and connect their lives to. Some of my closest friends are ex-churchgoers or nominal Catholics, Protestants, Buddhists, and Muslims. And I can tell you for certain that they aren't looking for greater clarity on theology Unless that theology really tells them who God is, what he is like, and what he thinks of them. Who they are and what their lives can become. People want to find God with skin in the game. People need to know what the incarnation of God is. This one doctrine must become central because it not only tells you exactly what God is like, but listen to this, also shows you how big a life you get to live. See, the church, you and I, are the presence of Jesus in this world. Let this sink in. This is the how big a life you get to live. You are the presence of Jesus who is the author of life, the savior and king of all, you and I become the presence of this holy God here with us. See, when you invite people to be with you, you are inviting them to be near God. What a holy responsibility. This is our responsibility. This is why we pursue following Jesus the way we do, because we get to give them a picture of who Jesus is. What a high calling that we have to be the presence of Jesus in our world. This is God's work within you. This is God's work through you. This is how we're going to see God do greater things. We should be the type of people that people want to be around. See, Jesus was so inviting to be around. People wanted to be around Jesus. And you and I, when we reflect the body of Christ, people will want to be around us. It's going to be inviting. (laughs) You know something about inviting people? Inviting people, invite people. Come. Come sit with me. Be with me. Because when I know, what I know, what I know is if you get next to this community of people, you get next to this small group of people, you're going to be next to Jesus himself because I know that we aren't perfect, but we're going to give you a better picture of, because we believe we are the body of Christ and we're going to point you to who Jesus is and what he is like. And we're going to point you to who God is and what he is like. We're going to then invite the hopeless. We're going to invite the confused. We're going to invite the broken. We're going to invite the hurting. We're going to invite those looking for freedom and looking for fulfillment. And we're going to invite them so they can be with us because not just that we are the end, that when they get close to us, they get close. They get closer to Jesus. This invitation to be with you is an invitation to be with Jesus, to come and see 
to follow us because someone's life will change with an invitation. I want you to listen to this and sing with us together.